We're back. It's Kelly and Company on AMI-audio. And uh, if you want to check out all kinds of AMI-audio content on demand, then you can go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for your favorite show. That might be Kelly and Company, but it doesn't have to be. It could be anything. We have lots of great shows that are available on podcasts. And just check them out by searching in. And then please remember to uh, review. Leave your awesome reviews down there. Share the podcast that you've listened to. And subscribe to the show so that you can get all the newest and latest episodes and content straight into your podcast platform. I'm Ramia Amadan here with Brock Richardson. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Galleen Company. Well, I mentioned it off the top of the show that as the sports guy on the network, I love when we get to chat sport. And today is no different as the Canadian National Blind Hockey Team was announced their 2022-2023 roster last week. We're going to hear more from Luca DeMontis, who is the Director of Hockey Operations for the Canadian Blind Hockey. Luca, how are you? Welcome to the program. Good. How's it going, everyone? Always Great. good, always good on a Thursday. As mentioned, yeah, I could the uh, agree with you there. I agree. When the weather's good, we're all happy. Uh, as mentioned, the uh, Canadian national team was announced last week. Can you tell us how that went, if you would? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd love to share exactly how the camp breakdown went, and more or less how we were able to uh, select the sixteen individuals who uh, were named to the national team that will represent their country at the upcoming tournament against Team USA. Um, first off, it was great just to get back on the ice, just to get the group back together um, on the ice as much as they could be. And I think we were on the ice for a total of three hours a day, which definitely helps in terms of choosing a team and having them play. As you know, the last two years have been difficult, so we really haven't been able to really utilize the ice time as we would love to. Um, so we were truly able to do that. And with a great partnership that we had at St. Mary's University, um, we were able to really maximize our ice time opportunities, which was great for the players. The players truly loved it. And that was one thing in planning a camp. We really kind of take their suggestions, right? What do they want to do? Um, what do they want to benefit from? What do they feel that they could learn from, right? And uh, ice time is always at the top of the list. They always want to get on the ice more and more. So we were able to uh, offer over 12 hours of training ice for the Canadian national team throughout the camp, uh, which also featured a couple of cool experiences. We, uh, we had a showcase game in front of a sellout crowd um, at St. Mary's University with uh, players from the NHL, AHL, CHL, and a couple St. Mary Huskies players, both from the men's and women's team. That was a great, uh, a great night. Uh, it was on the Thursday night of camp, and I believe that was so important because it got the group that was just mixed together for this national team selection camp a lot closer. Um, not only were they playing against each other, but uh, we got to share a very cool experience with all being in the same change room, uh, a very professional change room that was uh, donated to us by of course, the Huskies for both men's and women's programs. So not only were we able to have uh, our national team selection camp there, but we were able to have enough females, um, which led to us hosting a session with the St. Mary's Huskies women's team and all the females that attended the camp. So that was super cool, which leads us into uh, one of the players who did make the camp this year, Amanda Proven, um, a pioneer now in blind hockey in Canada on the women's side. Um, and she's the first woman now to ever make the Canadian national blind hockey team. So huge kudos to Amanda Proven from uh, Sudbury, Ontario. Um, she definitely had a great camp. All the players who made the team had an amazing camp. Uh, but it was a lot of fun just being together for those five days. And, you know, um, you get to learn about your teammates a lot. 
right? Especially when you spend that much time with them off the ice. You know how talented some of these players are, like J- Jason Yuha on the ice, but when you get to spend the time off the ice as a group, um, you really get to get a lot, lot closer as a team. And, and one thing I truly believe is that um, the closer we can get as a unit and as a family, the more uh, we'll be able to go and be there for each other, both on the ice and off the ice. There's nothing better than team camaraderie. It's uh, 100% great. Uh, what goes into selecting the roster? If you could tell us a little bit more about that. Um, a lot of tough questions we get asked, and we ask each other these tough questions. You know, myself and uh, Coach Joe Metallion, also known as Cowboy to the Community. Um, but then we had a, a team full of um, kind of helpful volunteers from the St. Mary's coaches to uh, even Coach Paul Karen's back home in Toronto, right? Uh, we were sending him video from practices. So it's a it's a collaboration. It's not just a one-person show. Um, there's a lot of people whose uh, insights we take to them, even sending video footage to Coach Joey Ali, right? He was all the way in, in Vancouver, so the whole other side of the country. And he's still giving us kind of drills to do with the goalies while he's thousands of miles away, right? So it, it's so important to just take everybody's um, ideas, and thought into play, especially when selecting a team that's going to go on and represent a country um, in the sport of blind hockey, right? So uh, it was tough. It was difficult. It was tough. But uh, I, I like to think we made the right decisions moving forward. And uh, I've got the utmost faith in this group to get the job done. What kind of turnover was there from this year's team compared to years past rosters? That's a great question. Uh, we had 11 returning players. Um, 11 players who've been part of this team now from the 2018 team in Pittsburgh and 2019 in Ottawa. Um, so yeah, 11 returning players and we named 16. We had five new players, five first time players who will be wearing the national blind hockey team Jersey for the very first time. And, uh, it was super like cool just to share that news with them, um, behind doors in a closed meeting and, and see the emotion and to, to myself, like that emotion just speaks volume knowing that you, you just achieved a dream, a goal, something that you've set out in your life to achieve, especially um, despite facing um, a barrier such as a disability that a lot of people would really shy away from. But a lot of these athletes really rose to that challenge. And being able to share that news with them was super great. And it was cool to have those moments and just uh, really soak in that. And it was, a, it was a great experience, definitely something I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Luca, speaking of, the, you know, looking forward to what can uh, – What's the next tournament that the players can look forward to on the national team? Yeah, so the national team after camp, they all went back home, took a couple weeks to rest and recover uh, from the camp. And now they're back in their uh, training in their own cities. And we're training to take on Team USA in Fort Wayne, Indiana, October 20th to 23rd. Oh, that's coming up. Wow, very exciting! It's, yeah, it, it's coming fast. So the group is, is. Uh, the group starting. To, yeah, they started their office training, which is very important just to stay in shape. And um, of all the players, you know, they spread out through five different provinces. So a lot of their provincial and uh, local blind hockey teams will get back on the ice. So that's super great to have them back on the ice and getting uh, getting their legs ready to get going. And speaking of which, you know, the kind of bringing people together from all different places. You have the uh, summer training camp out in Nova Scotia. How did that go? Oh, that was amazing. You know, Halifax and Nova Scotia, they're just great partners, especially St. Mary's University and the St. Mary's Huskies. Um, we really got to 
feel like we were students again, but also we were in just a professional atmosphere with the, the support from, you know, Michael Fines, the equipment manager over there at St. Mary's, the, the whole staff from the Huskies all the way top down, an incredible professional approach. And, you know, we couldn't be happier to possibly end up back there again next year. You know, the opportunities there. And um, it was something that I think the players really enjoyed. Uh, they got to go out, have some free time, some walks along the boardwalk, a lot of seafood talk was going on at dinner so you know uh, you can't go wrong with a lobster roll when you're in Halifax (laughs) definitely not and we know how important it is uh, you know picking different places around Canada and building different communities to be involved with blind hockey and like honestly just bringing the awareness of the sport out in um, all these locations so it's it's not a small deal definitely not and that growth, I want to expand the conversation into the women's side of the sport. Um, it's picking up steam and we're very excited about that. What do you think is uh, happening? Like, how does it feel and how can we con- make it grow continuously? I think it happens from within, you know, and, and a, lo- a big testament of that is to Laura Mark, right? Like our girls are women's mind hockey coordinator. Her passion is, is, is what sets the tone, right? And her dedication um, allows the following players to follow her. Right. And and I think it's a huge testament because, you know, these girls have been uh, very influential in helping us grow the sport and and they will continue to be right. It was super cool to even see them have their own session at summer camp and to see what started off maybe five, six years ago with only uh, one or two females coming to camps and, and programs and events to now, um, a whole a whole group of them, you know, and I always have to take the time and just talk to them and ask them, how's their experience going at camp and um, how on, our organization, can we make it a better experience, right? And, and I like to think um, we really kind of value their opinion because, you know, a couple of years ago, um, it went from, we'll be honest, where they were kind of like, we were trying to find a change room, a dedicated change room for them. And now, you know, the last few events, we've had not only a dedicated change room, but it's almost been like a dedicated, like, room for them to kind of embrace in a safe, positive space where they can kind of interact and have their own conversations. Cause it, it's very difficult, especially in co-ed sports when the majority of the group is getting dressed in one part of the room. And then after, um, as a team mate of that team, when you get brought in just before the coaches for Ross speech, it's kind of tough to build that team camaraderie. Right. So I think on the women's side, yeah. it's truly important that they have their own space because we're able to see that, right. Like we're able to see, the girls and women hanging out in the change room and just being there for each other. If it's conversation, if it's a question, if it's what they're maybe going through on with right now in life. Um, but it's so important, right? And, and I think the women's game will continue to grow Uh huge. Also a testament to Natalie Spooner, our ambassador, you know what I mean? Like her coming out to the girls and women's summit back in Toronto in March was, was massive, not only for the sport, but um, just massive for these girls to know that they do have that role model that they can look up to. Yeah, honestly, as you speak, I can really tell that the acknowledgement is so there. Um, all these, you know, building uh, momentum and the capacity to keep growing and what things count to make the the growth possible. And it starts at the change rooms. It starts in the, the team spirit. It starts in knowing that this is uh, not just possible, but loved, like the opportunity for girls and women in um, blind hockey. Luca, we got to let you go. But before we do, can you tell us where we can go for more information and to support blind hockey in Canada? Definitely. You could always go to our website and go to our Facebook page. Twitter, Instagram, we're across all social media platforms just trying to grow the game, create more awareness to the sport. And, you know, uh, thank you guys for always having us and believing in us and uh, being there with us along this ride. 
Always a pleasure for us, for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We greatly appreciate it, and best of luck in the future events. Thank you. That was Luca DeMontis, Director of Hockey Operations for the Canadian Blind Hockey, talking about the national team and the growth of the game. A whole nother hour of Kelly and Company coming up from 3 to 4 p.m. We are flipping through quirky stories from around the globe with Jeff Ryman on What in the World. We also have our weekly roundtable conversation. Grant Hardy is our guest today, our reporter in Edmonton. Oh, sorry, in Vancouver. And up next, we have The Buzz with Bill Shackleton.